Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Marcus Bronzy here. Before we start today's podcast, I'd just like to let you know that you can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then, yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's, here's hoping we win. Anyway, over to the podcast. Are you serious? So this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. And I'm Funk Butcher. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. Before we start the show, we want to let you know that you can join our mailing list. All you have to do is go to howtokillanhour.com forward slash news. Mm-hmm. And also, Funk, we've got a, a new smart link, right? Okay. So whatever device you hear your friend listening to How to Kill an Hour on. How smart is it? Because I'm kind of stupid it's pretty, you know, It's pretty smart. You know, <laughs> okay, it's pretty smart. Okay, okay, it works cool. out whatever phone you're on. Okay. And it tells you to either go to Spotify, Google Play, or the Apple iTunes store. Nice. That's nice. All right. Uh, but even more special than that, today we are joined by some... Can I call this guy royalty? Of course you can. Of course you can. Can, we, can we call this guy? Can I will not a... challenge you on that. That's okay. A, there should be another word for a, a, a word higher than, than that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Godly? <laughs> <laughs> now, today we're joined uh, by, by, by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Let's have a round of applause for Jazzy the Billy. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely, so, man. Yeah. You're on tour right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how's the tour going? Um, it's good. We. Um, we're pretty much doing like four days on, three days off. Okay. Um, so we did the first four days. Uh, we were in actually uh, Hamburg, Germany, and then we came to London and did Electric Brixton, and then we went to Copenhagen, and then we did Turin, Italy, and okay. we take our days off here. Man, That's a good balance. Four days on, three days off, and then come to yeah, I don't, the UK. I don't normally do four days on, three days off. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I get really crazy, and I'll do, like, 17 days straight, <laughs> which I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, that's overtime. Th- yeah, that's that's crazy. That's not even <laughs> overtime. Um, so this one is a little bit, you know, laid out. So that it's we very, sounds very structured. Off. Yeah, it sounds very structured. It's, it's, it's not. You know, it's... It, <laughs> The the funny thing is th- this this rotation of touring. I started in 1999, so I have been doing this same rotation. Like I have a schedule that I come to the UK and then travel all over in the fall, and then I go to Asia and Australia, and then I come to the UK in April into May, and I've been doing that since 1999. Why why is that? Why why that particular rotation? Um, you know, it, it's almost like. Y- my touring kind of lays out the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's a certain level of time that I want off in the summer, you know, to spend with the family. 
Um, I always want my holidays off. So it's kind of like if I can tour in October, November, then I take December off and spend Christmas with my family. Um, so you kind of try to structure it. And then I and then I actually think that people have gotten used to seeing me around the same time every year. So because yeah. I tried to change it one year and that didn't go over too well. <laughs> people just like, I, I, I can't look. I can't watch you in the UK in January. It's just not. <laughs> It's like it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it felt yeah. odd. Yeah. So you say you've got this touring schedule, this cycle, um, and you produce as well. So what yeah. part of the the cycle do you section out for to make your music as well? Um, well, you know what's funny? Um, it, it it took me a second to get my travel set up mm-hmm. comfortable. I've always had a travel set up. I just was never really comfortable in it. And and uh, uh, maybe about two years ago. I almost made my travel setup my main setup. Like I wanted to look at it like this is the only place that I make music. And I started to get really comfortable to the point that everything just blurs together. Like I got a bag that, you know, I I can pretty much make an entire album in any hotel room mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah. You know, with speakers and my interface and a microphone and like whatever I need, I'm good. So I know a lot of people would really want to know what that setup is at the moment. So not the whole lot mm-hmm. because I know there's probably a lot in there. But what's what's, but, what's the basis? What well, you know? know what's funny is is it's not a lot. And 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 what I realized is my setup may not work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I'm I'm a very heavy Ableton user. Um, uh, I have gotten really, really back into my MPC. Um, I yeah. took a took a big break from that, and I was really, you know, just Ableton and my push and um and and got back into my MPC. So it's almost like I, I sectional all off all of my 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 flow. So I'm kind of like, okay, my drums are yep. this, yep. my samples are this, mm-hmm. my here's all of my instruments. This is all of my plugins for me to mix. Like, how can I be fast and efficient? Yeah. Um, so it's really, you know, I, I my computer and, and Ableton and my MPC, and I have a drive with a million and one sounds, and I carry an Apollo um, Arrow, which I just got because mm. I used to have an Apollo Duo, but the Arrow is bust, so I don't have to plug that up, you know, because there's times that, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I got to tighten this mix up yeah. on a plane. Yeah. And I can just kind of pull it out, pull the arrow, put it on my lap, plug my headphones up, and I got all of my plugins. So, Amazing. Um, you know, I, but, but, um, I, you know, I, I enjoy that. You know, I, I, I come from a different era where everybody had a studio mm. and we didn't necessarily have a travel studio. Exactly. And I've bumped into guys, you know, uh, uh, that will pull out their laptop. They would come to the studio and pull out their laptop. And, you know, and the geek in me, I'm kind of like, oh, man, so what you got at the crib? And he's like, what do you mean? I, this is it. He's like, what do you mean this is it? Like, this is it. Yeah. Like, that's your studio. Less is more. And yeah. I'm kind of like, well, damn, I got this over here and this over here and you got that. And I'm listening to what you're coming out with. And, <laughs> you know, and then you start thinking that if I had one set up, I wouldn't be looking. You know, I hate going from here and going over here. And then you load something, and it's kind of like, oh, I didn't have that on this computer. Yeah, that if yeah, I only had one setup, yeah. I wouldn't have to worry about that, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I kind of started adopting that philosophy, and that is really working. 
So your studio, you pretty much have one setup, and that means that you're at home in the studio wherever you are in the world. Then I don't have one setup. I haven't gotten to that <laughs> point. Like I have, a, I have a big studio. Yeah, I have a smaller studio. I have a smaller studio, and then I have my oh, yeah, travel oh, studio. But okay. I'm not the only one that's working in the studio. So, mm. but just you know, for the most part, um, it's funny. I don't even use the big studio anymore. You know, I go in a big studio because it's big speakers and play stuff that I made. Mm-hmm. But I'm either on one of the smaller studios or on my laptop. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. How, how is it? How is it as somebody who's kind of looked to as a as a technological pioneer when it comes to the industry? So if, let's flip over to your mm-hmm. DJing for a sec. A, a software that you may have heard some DJs talking about called Serato, right? Mm-hmm. You were a big pusher of Serato mm-hmm. in its early days, right? Yeah. So. It's quite interesting to hear on your tour that you've been messing with some new tech. We've kind yeah. of seen some stuff on Twitter. Um, let's let's chat about that real quick. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw a video of you of you playing with that, and I was like, okay, this could be the next step. I mean, uh, that's what you said. You said this is probably the the most uh, trailblazing thing since Serato, yeah. and that's a big. Uh, yeah. statement to make from someone like yourself who's at the cutting edge of the technology in regards to DJing so what is it about this um, um, hardware in particular which you, f- you think is so futuristic you, you know what I think I think um, my brain and tech starts to go into what makes sense okay like I'm very I'm, I'm super a common sense person that yeah. is kind of like you know and I get a kick out of Things that make common sense. It's like it's it's as simple. Like I'm a I'm a really big cook. For someone to come out with something that basically peels your potatoes and cuts them into French fries, I'm kind of like, how genius is that? Yeah, because yeah. I used to peel it with a knife and then have to cut it with a knife, and now you invented this thing. Like so, that's where my brain goes when yeah. someone makes something that just makes sense. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You know, and and DJ, you know, it, I, I tell a story that I used to tour and I remember doing a, a tour in Japan. And when I came home, it was about f- maybe 3000 pounds in extra baggage charges for my records. Jeez. And it was kind of like, OK, I got to do something because. I can't keep taking this level of a hit and I don't want to sell the people out and take less records Mm -hmm. and give you a bad show because of what the airline is doing to me. Mm -hmm. And right when that happened was pretty much the birth of Serato. So when I looked at it, it was kind of like, okay, as long as it doesn't sacrifice the integrity that I have to have of the art of DJing, Mm. what you basically did is you allowed me to put my entire record collection on a computer. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, this is like that made practical sense to me. And there were purists that were kind of like, ah, we don't mess with that. And that's not. And I'm kind of like, you're not understanding the principle that is kind of like I can't keep it real and not go to Japan and give the people the experience that I feel they need to. Yeah, because I'm keeping it real to me. That's selfish. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's a unique aspect about yourself. You're such you're from a generation which is very esteemed, but you're you're your way of thinking it connects to a younger audience yeah, it doesn't absolutely. alienate us because um a lot of people may feel like cutting the potatoes manually is part of the cooking experience so using that analogy whereas it doesn't have to be you're still yeah. cooking whether or not you've got a utensil that cuts the potatoes Listen, automatically or you what to me I, I i just feel like in life 
you want the best experience that you can have. Sometimes the best experience doesn't have to be the hardest. I mm. think, you know, generations before us, sometimes, you know, when you used to hit a cliches, well, I walked five miles to school. Well, you walked five miles <laughs> to school because they didn't that. have yeah. a bus yeah, or they didn't yeah. have Uber or yeah, they didn't have yeah. something that made it. I guarantee you, if you had all of the things that we had, you wouldn't have walked five miles yeah, to school. Exactly. Yeah. You walked because you had to. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to put myself in this position you know, because I know guys that it's kind of like you get equipment and it's like, oh, man, I got this thing and it does this to the sample and I can do this. And it's, oh, man, well, I chop it up manually. And I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's OK. You, you got a big yard and you out there with some scissors trying to cut your grass. <laughs> you better get that lawnmower like that. To me, that's not smart. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel that place comes from a space of resentment? Like a generation has put in so much hard work into an area that they want everyone else who comes after them some, to put in some yeah. I like and I don't like that like I don't believe that my experiences um, you have to have the same experiences mm -hmm. that I did mm -hmm. like if I, if I walked down the street and I fell into a hole mm -hmm. it's my to me it's my duty to tell you that there's a hole there like mm -hmm. I don't think like you gotta fall in the same hole that I fall. <laughs> like yeah, that's bitter. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's bitter. People mm -hmm. that you know my journey was harder. Yep, you know sometimes the journey isn't is hard for the next generation, and that's cool. Okay, so now you've gone down the street and you found this hole, and this hole is phase. Yeah, what, what is it about this hole? Is it's different from? Well, you know what it was. It's kind of like. Um, you know, Rain came out with the 12s, which was basically a controller that was the size of a turntable, had a spinning platter, felt exactly like turntables. Mm -hmm. You know, we did some tweaking and got it to the point that um, for, for you know, about two tours, I was using the 12s mm -hmm. um, and they worked great. Mm -hmm. um, there is a level from anyone that plays turntables, especially you know, that tur plays turntables on a really big stage, mm -hmm. there may be like five of us. You know, it's it's you got Craze, you got Snake, you got A-Track, you got myself, you know, on these big festival stages. Because it's only five of us, the festivals don't care about the vibrations yeah. because everybody else is playing CDs or playing controllers. Yeah. So when you try to come with this experience and you're like, man, you got 19 subs on the stage and the whole stage is shaking. Yeah. And as soon as I put the record on, the bass shakes my needle off. Mm -hmm. So now I got to tell you to turn it down. Gotcha. And now I don't sound as good as the next guy. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, oh, man. So now I'm not giving the performance that I really want to give mm -hmm. because of technical difficulties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you start looking at so, you know, when I the first time that I used the 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 rain, it was the first time in 30 something years that I never had to worry about mm -hmm. that. And it was just weird that it's kind of like so it's not going to vibrate. It's yeah. not going to shake. It's not going to jump like you find yourself. You know, I posted a video of me picking, picking it up and just letting it go yeah. like, yeah. Nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is and I never paid attention. I, I I told someone that I never realized that the way that I walk on stage, I take less pressure off of the way I walk because of 30 something years of knowing that you can't vibrate the stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm never even paid attention that when I step on my riser, I'm stepping soft. You subconsciously got a tiptoe. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, yo, I, now I'm jumping up and down. I'm like, you know, you used to get an MC dirty looks whenever he danced past the turntable. Like, what are you doing? You know? But, you know, and I enjoyed that. The problem was yeah. they were very hard to get 
all around the world. There okay. were places in the world that yeah. didn't have the Rain 12s. Yeah. You know, they were back ordered. Um, but from the first time that I saw Phase, it gave you the same experience mm-hmm. with something that you can put in your bag. Mm. So that's where the practical side yes. comes in. Yeah. Yep. Same experience. But you know what? When I don't have to worry about a venue having the rain or sourcing out the rain and I have something that I can control that I can just set up, set my computer up, plug this up, drop these on top of records and have the same experience. Mm-hmm. That that was genius. Like Amazing. from the first time that I saw it. And we waited, you know, we waited a while, you know, they were, you know, uh, uh, they wanted to be a little bit more diligent in making sure that it was ready when it came out. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that were upset because people placed orders and, you know, it was supposed to come out in September and then they backed it up and then they backed it up again. And then mm-hmm. people started getting really, really angry. You know, I paid my money. And I remember telling them, I was like, the day that this comes out and, the, and it ships, everybody's all forgiven. Yeah. Like, no one is, like, you know, people are mad because the, the, the only anger was the excitement that yeah. I really want this. Yeah. But it's kind of like if you're trying to make sure that we have a better experience, once once it comes in the mail, yeah. all's forgiven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. You know, and it was funny because they actually gave me mine maybe a week and a half before they shipped out everybody okay. else. Okay. And... I wouldn't post anything because yeah. you didn't want people Fuck getting mad. Oh my God, yeah, got yeah. first. I spent my money and all the rest <laughs> yeah, of this. Yeah. You know, and I watched when the shipments went out, you start looking online and everybody's happy. Yeah. Like, I got mine, I got it in the mail. Like yeah. no one is bashing or angry. Um, but like I said, I just think this allows people who do what I do to continue without the hassles and that goes back to you know what we were talking about earlier like I don't believe that in order to be a real DJ you have to deal with the 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 challenge of your needle jumping I'm like yo don't you want people to have the best experience possible that's where I think it gets selfish yeah like as a DJ my job is to make you happy Mm -hmm. and you ain't happy if the record jumps or it sounds bad. Like yeah. my job is to fix all of that yeah. and give you that same experience. So yeah. I'm kind of like, man, if I can, if I can get aside as much as of a tech geek as I am, if I can make it just about the music that I play, mm-hmm. then everybody has a great experience. Yeah, because people don't realize that there's sometimes you on stage, and if you just knew what was going through my head, that this is oh man, this is jumping and this is blinking and this isn't right and it's not tracking right and I can't hear and mm-hmm. I can't this. No one cares about that. Only people just you know, you figures like someone is like I've waited. 10 years of my life to come see you play. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is run down a list of troubles, you know, my yeah. foot hurts and I didn't get any sleep and I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, like, yeah. you don't want to hear that. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like you, you want to give people a really good experience. And I just think, you know, we are at a point in technology that um, I think it, it's starting the, the, the technology is starting not to get into the way it's starting to clear up all of the the, the bad spaces that we had mm-hmm. in order for you to just give your true performance. Yeah, so, and I like I'm with that. I like what you touched on about technology freeing up some space and providing new found freedom for artists because yeah. 
what you're talking about is a, is a different level of consideration that we don't find in a lot of musicians or DJs where they actually have a sense of 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 care and thought for the people that are coming and investing in yeah. them. Like, yeah. you want the technology to allow you to free up your creativity as opposed to providing some sort of obstacle in the way of your creativity. And this kind of brings me on to um, the position that you're in with when you release your M3 project. Mm-hmm. Um you put out a series of videos about the way um, you felt f- free now out of the situation that you used previously. And mm-hmm. do, do you want to talk about, a little bit about how yeah. the way technology has helped kind of um, embolden you on that new path? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's funny because, like I said, I have always, my, my brain has always worked from the position of logic. Mm-hmm. That it was just kind of like, okay, you know what? And, and, and I say you know, when we when we got signed to a record deal um, and you go home and I tell my mom, mom, we got signed to a record deal. Like, oh, my God. You know, she looks at it like it's a job. OK. All right. Oh, you got a job. Mm-hmm. How much do you get paid at your job? And I'm kind of like, hold up. Let me, let me <laughs> hold up. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, you know, OK, like if someone said you're going to make ten dollars an hour mm-hmm. and you work ten hours, I know how much I'm going to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone says, you know, we make. $1,000 a day and we'll give you 10%. I know how much I'm going to make. When someone says, we're going to pay you 10 points, I'm kind of like, well, how much is a point? And as soon as you ask that question, you go down this rabbit hole that is kind of like, well, it could be and or it might and possible. Well, it all depends on the stuff. And I'm kind of like, why isn't it this difficult for me to cut grass yeah. and figure out how much I'm going to get paid? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, this doesn't make sense. There's a much easier way that you can explain or break down how much money I'm making. Mm-hmm. And you send me down this rabbit hole. So when you start asking questions, well, I don't quite understand that. Then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, yeah, I think this guy's a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hold up. First of all, <laughs> I am the farthest <laughs> from a troublemaker. And now I'm looking at you funny because all I'm trying to do is explain to my mom how much money I make at my job. And you call me a troublemaker for asking the questions. And that was the thing that kind of sparked it up that now I'm looking at. So you don't know how much you're getting paid and you don't know how much you're getting paid. And y'all cool with that? Mm -hmm. Like, am I crazy? Are y'all cool? Like, no one has ever been cool with that but you just kind of looked at it like this is something that I have to accept and it was just it never made sense to me very odd I was going to say it's very odd industry standard it's hard to find other industries where they they you find conversations yeah. that try and bamboo bamboos you apart from bills, yeah, yeah like yeah. electricity bills yeah. and, and banking, yeah. you know. And I mean very interesting. since I've produced, I've always felt it, it is a very weird mm. um uh dynamic where it's the only industry where your potential earnings is what is being discussed. Exactly. No one knows actually what you, you earn. Yeah. It's, it's the potential. <laughs> what you, you could get yeah. a million. You could get... You could and, get see, yeah. and see, I'm going to go a step farther. <laughs> the potential earnings is your conversation. It's not theirs. Yes. It's not theirs. Mm. Like, they're very concrete yeah. in knowing. Yeah. Because it's funny, if, if, if you tell somebody, I'm going to pay you 10 points, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But if someone says, okay, well, you sell this for $10 and you're 
and we're going to give you seven, I have a clear cut yeah. understanding yeah. of yeah. how much I'm going yeah. to make. Yeah. And that's the that is the position. Mm. When record companies talk to each other, they don't talk on a point no. system. Yeah. Mm. They only talk to you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, why is this weird math just for me? Mm. But with the distributor, it's kind of like we get X a percentage or we get X amount of dollars per record, mm -hmm. but you're talking to me on points. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like you're trying to confuse me. Yeah. And it never made sense. So I think going through year after year after year, um, it was it was really my job or it was really my mission that I want to I, at, at some point in time in my life and making music, I want to go from A to Z. Mm hmm. So when you start making music, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start making music and you start becoming in control over the music that you want to make. Yeah. Now you have creative control. Yeah. You know, and I realize that because I've been in positions that someone gave me creative control, but still kept me in this old system. Mm -hmm. And I realized creative control was more important than the money. Mm. Like, because think about it. You, you get into this for creativity. Yes. So when someone starts to say, you know what, I'm not cool with what you're doing creative. Like you take that more personal than somebody yeah. taking your money. Yeah. So then I started to realize the next scam. Like, wait a minute. So you're going to let me do what I want to do mm -hmm. and I'm happy. And then we get to the final, you know, the end of it. And it's kind of like, well, I still don't know how much money I'm <laughs> yeah, making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so, you know, people didn't realize that there were two issues yeah. because record companies were kind of take your creative control mm -hmm. and then give you this weird payment system. So yeah. now, you know, you get that. But I just kept, you know, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I got this. Like that's what drove me into, you know, you know, being a producer, getting a production company. Let me open my own studio because I have the creative workspace that I can do whatever I want, mm -hmm. but I got to get it out. So when it comes time to get it out, then you start hitting the next snag. Okay, so how can I get it out? Now, either I have to sign this to somebody that yeah. is going to start dabbling with my creative control. I need to find a distribution situation that I can kind of get this out, which isn't really hard mm -hmm. because they don't handle all of the other structure. Like, trust me, record companies do serve a purpose yeah. in the structure stuff that they did. Yeah. I just don't believe that that purpose is worth someone taking 97 percent of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm kind of like, I was always down with like, oh, my God, like, you know what? If we became 50-50 partners, we, you would have every artist happy, every record company, you know, would, would not have to worry about losing an artist. We're equal partners. Mm -hmm. Like, you, what you do and what I do are two different things, and mm -hmm. I appreciate what you do, mm -hmm. and you appreciate what I do, and we can share in the revenue. Yeah. I just didn't understand it getting to the point. That, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, so I made this record. I wrote this record. I produced this record. I went in the studio and recorded this record. I even went on the road and promoted this record. But I get 7% of it yeah. just because you put it out. Is that the part where they leverage that you are able to be as creative as you want to be, but this is the price? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't think they leveraged it at all. I think it was just kind of like... This is the way things were mm. like you used to get a lot of that explanation that I'm kind of like, I'm listen, it used to be slavery mm -hmm. that don't make it right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to give me Well, you know, it's kind of been like that. Like, OK, well, it's time to change it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. So I think, you know, the more that you push. But 
I think, you know, as watching time go and having this in the back of my mind and trying to figure out ways to change it, when you started to see the birth of social media, I looked at it very different. Like I, I was a very early adopter in social media. I, I, I have some very tech heavy friends. And I remember, um, you know, being on MySpace and, you know, I started to realize because I remember when everything was done with a website, you, you had to get a website. But yeah. I remember you get a website, the website's 12,000 pounds. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, you know, because they have to write this and this and this. And then all of a sudden MySpace came out and I'm kind of like, isn't this everything that's on my website? Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, like you mm-hmm. built a website and just gave me a page and then I can just put my stuff and just point people here. I was like, that's genius. Yeah. Um, and then when when I remember when Twitter kind of started becoming popular, I called my friend. And I was like, I really don't understand this. And he was like, trust me, you got to do it. And so, you know, I signed up and it was kind of like he's like, because I'm like, I don't understand the, the I don't understand. Like, you just want me to tell you what I'm doing right yeah, now. Like, yeah, yeah. Who, who cares? But he's like, trust me. So I, I found myself, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, on my way to the studio. Yeah. Tweet. You know, uh, in the studio, making a beat, tweet. And I was just like, this isn't working. And he was like, listen, man, people want to talk to you. Yeah. He said, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. Watch the football game today and just comment on the football game. Mm -hmm. And it was like somebody threw a pass and he dropped it. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he dropped the ball. (laughs) And I. Yeah. Like, people just wanted to interact with you. Like, oh, my God, Jeff watches football. Yeah, I can't believe he dropped the ball. You know, he always has a bad habit of dropping the ball, and you find yourself talking back. And you start to understand that it's a communication um, and a conversation. It's not necessarily for me to show up and say, hey, I got a new album out. Like, let me give you a little bit of peace of me. But the light bulb went off in my head because what I've always said, record companies have their hand on a fan switch. So when it comes time for you to do your album, what a record company does is they line you up with all of these promotional things. You go talk to him and do this interview and do that okay. and do this and do this. Yeah. And all. So now, you know, we're going to let the fans know what you're doing. Mm. And you, they do that for a point in time. And as soon as your project starts to die down, they cut it off. Yeah. What social media is is your hand on the fan switch. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you mean I could tell everybody that likes what I do that I'm doing something today? I don't have to go through you to do it? Yeah. So once you start figuring that out, all it is is basically waving your hand, telling everybody, hey, come over here if you want to know any news or information about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And once I saw that level of power, I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to go through you anymore to mm-hmm. get to the people mm-hmm. who like what I do. Yeah. You know, let alone, I can tell you if the reason why you haven't heard anything from me is because of something I'm going through yeah. with them. Yeah. And that's when you started to get the Lupe fiasco stuff and, yep. you know, people just complaining about that. But it was almost like the discovery of the the my fan base that mm. basically makes up everything that I am yeah I don't need you to access them anymore yeah 
it's a real powerful voice. I mean, what's that guy's name? Snowden. He's even on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> if it allows yeah. people who yeah. the, the government have actually got their hands on and, and are um, uh, reducing their, their voice, yeah. it allows them a, a mechanism to hit as many people as possible. Exactly. That's, that's marketing potential. Now, exactly. now there's, a, there's a positive and a negative, just yeah. like with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I can get my voice out, yeah. someone who doesn't have the right intentions can get their voice out too. That's true. So it's it's two sided, but um, you have to appreciate the ability to um, just be able to talk to people who like what you do. Yeah, yeah. like I, you know, my friend who was who was at the social media was like, "Man, there's a woman." that all she does is post about cats and she's got 100,000 followers. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he's like, because there's 100,000 people in this world that care about cats okay. and want to see that. And he's yeah. like, that's that's where it comes back to. Um, you know, I, I had a guy tell me one day, you can basically pass gas on on a record <laughs> and sell a million <laughs> copies. You it's just got to find yeah. where the people who want that where are they? Yeah. You'll find that niche. Yeah, that's you, and, and that's what it is. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it's not that your music doesn't sell. It's sometimes, you know, you, you, you're selling it in the wrong place. Yeah. You're trying to get to the wrong group of people. It's interesting because I, I do some teaching work with some young people and I teach them music production, basic logic 101. Mm-hmm. And I feel where they are so switched on some of my young learners into how the market works nowadays, a lot of them feel more swayed to that fan switch they feel a lot of um uh, a lot more of their career is determined by how heavy their finger is on that fan switch as opposed mm. to their level of skill absolutely i mean but you know like that's one of the bad things about social media um and it was funny i i posed this question i was just like you know we all came up I'm very sure that you had a DJ that you listened to when you were coming up. Yeah, of course. Somebody that you listened to. They 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 gave you a sense of music. They gave you, you know, a play selection and all the rest of that. And I said, okay, I got a 10-year-old son. Who's his DJ? And I was like, wow, he's got a playlist. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a DJ. Yeah. That is the reason why when you're DJing someone sticks their phone in your face <laughs> yeah, yeah. and tells you to play this yeah, because yeah. this is what their DJ yeah, yeah, is is yeah. telling them to play it's yeah. Spotify yeah, play yeah, this yeah, yeah. but the level of your DJ gave you an experience your DJ took you on a trip your DJ gave you a certain sense of taste and culture that I'm scared that a generation is going to grow up without that mm-hmm. that it's more important you know, it, it's, you know, I, I've been to those parties where people are dripping with sweat, yeah. dancing, having a great yeah. time. Yeah. And I've been to parties where there was somebody that spent $10,000 to get in a booth and they all shared one big bottle of champagne <laughs> and all took turns <laughs> yep. taking pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was their party yeah. experience. Yeah. You know, and I'm kind of like, oh, my God, like. You've never sweated at a party before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. you You know what I mean? Like it it's almost that if I open up a club and demand that you can't bring your cell phone in, yeah. no one will come. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, no. Could you imagine that club? Well, you no do get a lot of more around. focus on the DJ, but I mean, I'm I I kind of battle with your position and and the opposing position of does DJ Alexa 
<laughs> the 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 voice mm-hmm. operated AI side of things does does that take us down a road where we lose magnificent turntablists like yourself because they're so fixated on just the music and not how the music is delivered to us well you know what's funny is I don't necessarily think it's just uh, uh, it's just the music I think you know I came up with DJs that it was just the music but the way that it was presented mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. changed my life yeah you know what I mean you know I, like I've seen DJs play 10 records and I've seen the DJ play these 10 records and you're just like, this is the worst thing in the world. And then I've seen the DJ play those same 10 records and you're like, oh my God, like mm. I will never forget the mm-hmm. way that this was presented mm-hmm. to me. You can make somebody the same sandwich with the same ingredients yeah. and one be horrible. Yeah. And, you know, de- just depending on how much you gave. Yeah. You know, he gave me too much mayonnaise. He didn't give me enough meat. Cough the crust. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, so it's it really comes down to that. That I think there is a level. Trust me, I'm a technology geek with, you know, Hey Google and Alexa and everybody. Like, that's great. Turn my lights on, turn my lights off. I just don't want you to program my music for me mm-hmm. because what I think those algorithms rhythms will never be able to do is to look up and see, okay, the DJ before me played a little bit too much of this. Now I need to go down this road. Yeah. Like, they don't know how to change pace yeah. they don't know how to read people's emotions yes. yeah, that's the yes. fun you're reading an yes. algorithm yeah. and I'm kind of like yeah there's nothing like yeah. that human yeah. that human side of it yeah. that you know a real DJ yeah. can do that is yeah. kind of like okay you know oh man this is great but I'm going to take this left turn because I feel that they're so energetic right now that they'll ride with me on this left turn and then when I bring it back around that's what's going to make it. There's no algorithm that yeah. can do that. I, yeah. I, I, I believe yeah. that. I, I yeah. think there is a gray space in humanity that computers and algorithms can't gauge. They can't, mm-hmm. they yeah. can't compute because there it's isn't... The fi- it's the final nuance that, yeah. that, you know, you can't get that computer stand-up comedian. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, can't, you can't get that level yet. But, but moving forward, in our lifetimes, do you think there's a possibility of seeing anything that's close to that? Um, no. I think, well, you, I, this is what I will say. The only way that we will get there is if we allow technology to change us and put us in a place that we're willing to accept that. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, if technology or the way things are is breeding a group of, of, of people that don't have an a, a actual DJ who does actual things, if it becomes the playlist, then we are very easily capable of getting to a point that you can determine that because basically it's just desensitizing you. Okay. You're like, like, I don't think there will ever be an algorithm that can come up to where we are, yeah. but we can drop our standards down yeah. to the point yeah. that we'll just accept it. Yeah. And I think what, one, what, what my job is... I just want every time that I play for someone, for them to feel like I can't get that experience on Spotify. 
I think that's still very apparent. I mean, if you, I, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been to a few shows, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and tickets are still selling for live events. Yeah. So you know, I yeah. think at the moment we are still in a place like that. Um, you haven't got too much time with us, right? So I'm, listen, one thing, I'm, I'm with you. You with us? Yeah. Because yeah. I was, was going to say I wanted to just you've mentioned cooking a few times, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say like there's that Billy the producer mentioned that you make a smashing barbecue sauce, and I just wanted to know is, is this really? The, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wanted to know the secret of this barbecue sauce. Out just here. gave you the look, like yeah, just man, like, you need to taste this. Yes. You got to understand. <laughs> that being a producer or a DJ is very, very similar to cooking. You got the sauce. You got to know how much ingredients to put in stuff. You got to know when it's too much, uh, too much sauce, too much this, yeah. too much that. It's crowd you know pleasing. Yeah, it's it, crowd pleasing. Yeah. All it is. Yeah. It's kind of like, yo, you know, if, if I'm going to make something spicy, I'm going to add a little bit of sweet to it because I want the sweet to kick you first and then the kick come in. And you're kind of <laughs> like, you know, that's like somebody dropping something unexpected. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like I would just... You know, I think when I finally moved out on my own, I would just sit in the kitchen and I would just experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I remember the first time, you know, I wanted to make something and I picked up the phone and I called my mom and she just ran down, you know, because she knew I always looked and she just ran down do this. And she, you know, let me tell you the main thing that you have to worry about, cook everything slow. She's like, if you're frying chicken, don't fry it fast. You'll fry the outside before you fry the inside. Mm-hmm. If you cook everything slow or everything medium, you you have the best chance for it to getting done. So once you get that, then it's just really your, your, your taste. Like, oh, man, I tried this. You know, okay, I know the, the, the typical salt, pepper. And then it's kind of like, oh, let me try a little bit of onion salt. Let me try a little bit of the garlic mm-hmm. powder. Let me try this. Let me, oh, man, okay. So what if I dried my chicken off and I soaked my chicken in milk? And then took it out and put it in a bowl and put hot sauce in a bowl and put season and tossed it all around mm-hmm. and then floured it and shook all of the excess flour off and fried it. Like, oh, my God, like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just really it was really like me DJing. Like, let me just start adding this. Sometimes you add that. Whoop, that's too spicy. Oh, I, I didn't like that or whatever that was that made the, the chicken fry faster because. You know, of the pepper or whatever. And it's just really playing with stuff. So, you know, it was really the same thing with my barbecue sauce. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, you get barbecue sauce. I, you know, I'm not going to season, you know, my steaks and all the rest of this stuff to get to the point that I'm going to use barbecue sauce out of a bottle. Like, I'm not going to trust that. Like, okay, okay. Well, I listen, I taste this. And it's not this enough. So let me mm-hmm. add a little bit of this. Let yeah. me add this. Let me add this. And then you just start getting to the point of like, okay, so I want to start from scratch and make my own sauce and then put that kind of stuff in. And then, you you, you know, your, 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 your fan base is your friends. You know, I'm having a barbecue. Everybody come over and Jeff made the sauce. Like, oh, my God, Jeff's sauce is amazing. And then somebody's like, you should sell that. And I'm kind of like, I don't really have time to do that. And it's like, oh, man, you should do it. You should do it. You know. Yeah, I'll give you a couple points on <clears throat> it. I'll give you a yeah, couple points yeah. on that sauce. That, <laughs> I find it fascinating as yeah. well because I don't know if you noticed that the, the colonel actually DJs now as well. Did you uh, see him yeah, <laughs> So talking of chicken and DJ. <laughs> I'm just, you know, listen, I, I saw that. And, and I just said, I don't think there's anything good that's going to come out of the Colonel DJ. Whoever signed yeah. off on that, they, they had a very hard Monday morning meeting after yeah, that. Yeah. So you, you like to mix tech and, and, and try new things when you're, when you're doing DJing. But in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you said it's similar to mixing. Have you got any technology in the oh kitchen that you're working God, with? Man, listen, my whole house is a tech house. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I am very much into that. And thank God I'm married 
a very technical woman. Like there's times that as tech savvy as I am, I'm pushing the remote to my wife and she's like, no, nah, you got to push that and do that and do this and such and such. And I was just like, yeah, that's good. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why we're together. Yeah. So, you know, she's the one, you know, like I said, she's the one that went to the restaurant store and came home with the French fry thing. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is great. You know, this is this is a lemon press that if you want to squeeze your lemons, this this is eat. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you mm. know, so we both are like that, you know, coffee machines that, you know, you can pour fresh ground coffee and you ground the coffee up and put it in and it makes it, you know, love that. That is kind of like it's not, yeah. you know, like, OK, I like the Keurig that you can put the pot in. But you know what? When I can go around the world and grab coffee beans mm. and bring them home and we could try that. Oh, man, this is great. Oh, man, the Colombian coffee is better. What about the Brazilian coffee? You know, and then you have a coffee machine that can actually make it like these are just all of the things that, you know, I know my mom had a coffee percolator pot. And she would have to get cans of coffee. And you realize how difficult that was. And then you fast forward to how this is so much simpler now. Like, I find myself going over to my mom's house. And I was like, Mom, you need to let me buy you this new coffee machine. And she's like, <laughs> I like my old coffee. And I'm like, you don't understand that it, you can do this and this. You know, that it, it's, it has transformed and has gotten so much more, you know, deep in the future with tech. But, listen, my kitchen is... You know, we got the the grill, the griddle, you know, that, you know, we'll make pancakes and we take the griddle, the grill off the stove and put the griddle and just it's a pancake griddle. So we make pan. We have waffle makers and I got a waffle iron that we whip the waffles up and make that. And, you know, you got this. And so, you know, it's it's, you know, it's the same principle with everything. I like that, man. I like. That. I want to see this kitchen. I gotta be honest. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of kitchen I, I'd fall in love with. Waffles over here, barbecue sauce yeah, on the chicken. Yeah. I'm drooling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's bad. It's so, bad. like, you're real busy touring. Um, it sounds like you're real busy in the kitchen. When you get a, a, a few moments to kill some time, how does Jazzy Jeff, the magnificent, like to kill some time? I go in the studio. Real talk. I don't have, you know, I don't have a My switch. Man. <laughs> I don't have a switch. You know, I think. There is a level of the studio um, that I've gotten to that I've realized every piece of music I make mm -hmm. doesn't have to come out. Like, I've got right. albums to right. vacuum my studio. Yeah. Right. I got stuff that I right. made that I put this on. And people will come in and be like, yo, what is that? And I'm like, like that's what I clean the studio to. And they're like, you going to put that out? Like, nah, that's what I clean the studio yeah. to. I've got to send a shout out to my sons, Carter and Tate, because they, they go to school in a school run. They listen to Skaters Paradise. They absolutely <laughs> love it. They love the way you take them through all the different places in the yeah. world. And yeah. and it just really opens up. It's what music's supposed to do. It, it provides a real uh, uh, um, visual imagery for them to kind of aspire yeah. to. So Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I love that video kinda, as well. Kind of, you know, peace and, you know, and like I said, that was the first time that from beginning to end, mm -hmm. we had 100% creative control. Yeah. The way that we kind of, you know, worked on it, the, you know, I took, you know, I took two weeks and got a bunch of musicians together. And in the first two weeks, all we did was do all of the music. Like wow. we did all of the music. Like I was like, I want to, I want to have music that I feel good about before anything goes on top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the next two weeks, we brought all of the vocalists in, and we just went through song by song, and and you know, and everybody wrote, 
and it was just kind of like you pieced it together. And that was the first time I ever did a project like that. Amazing. I saw you a yeah. picture on uh, social media of you, Kenny, Todd. And Todd, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were and in the studio over here. Cook, on, cooking uh, up something. Mm. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, that was the first time that we have all been in the studio in a while. Okay. Um, the 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 crazy thing is Kenny Dope just moved 15 minutes away from yes, me. Yes, I saw that as well. So, so you had the housewoman. This, this yeah. is about to be a, a very interesting <laughs> thing for, for us to be that close. Um, but it was just kind of like, you know, I, I came over, Kenny was over, they had a day off. Um, and Todd was just like, hey, man, let's go in the studio and do something. So like, much I love in that, room. that Todd, you know. Yeah. And it was really, I walked in and Kenny had made something and Todd was like, oh, man, we such and such. And he was like, man, set your stuff up. And I set my stuff up and I did something in my headphones and I played it for him. He's like, all right, put that in. Like, yeah. I love that, you know, Todd was more of an orchestra and mm-hmm. in, in piecing all of this stuff together. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, I, I really think, so many times we overthink it. Mm. You know, we over. I, I think the best music that I have ever made in my life has been something that I made in ten minutes. Definitely, every really, yep. every time. Yep, every time. It was just something that you just had to get out, and you got it out. And it was just kind of like, oh my god, but, you're in the zone, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, when you when you think about people who don't make music, I don't know if anyone or or, or if you ever really grasp the process that you can make something in 10 minutes that can be a lifetime for somebody else. That's wild to the other person. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't make music, you know, people come in the studio and I think the experience is the people who don't do what you do are so intrigued that you can take nothing and turn it into something that will last for the rest of my life in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, they're you know, that's why people look at musicians and producers and DJs like aliens because it's kinda like, how do you do that? Yeah. How yeah. where mm. did that come from? Mm. Did, is it an idea and you know, and sometimes it's thought and sometimes it's just done. Mm-hmm. Mm. Incredible. It's great, right? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's great. Well, you know what? I just want to thank you very much for coming down on this show. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming down and, and an having a chat pleasure. with us. Um, and if we want to make sure we can find out about your tour, we obviously are going to follow you on Twitter because yeah. you're active on there. Um, at DJ Jazzy Jeff DJ 215. Jazz. That's it, 215, yeah? Yeah, you have to count. I'm trying to figure out all of it. Yes, 215. Instagram is just DJ Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff. Jeff yeah. Who's on your handle? Someone needs to get off your handle on Twitter. We need to talk to Twitter about that, man. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's funny is, is I had the chance to get yeah. it's just straight DJ Jazzy Jeff, but I had 215 for so long yeah. that you almost kind of don't want to throw somebody off because now if it's just straight Jazzy Jeff, unless you can migrate everybody over... We're just going to keep it at Twitter. Twitter can do that for you, man. Twitter, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Sort that out. Sort that out. But, um, you got a few dates coming up. What, what are your next few dates that we've got coming up now? Um, you know what? I am just making rounds today. You know, like whenever I have time off in London, you know, like you said, you know, we, we saw each other down at Western DJ. I yeah, go down to Western Chris. DJ because I'm, you know, anytime I get a chance to go into a store and actually touch some stuff, because mm. we don't have those stores like that like we used to. There mm. used to be point in time that you can go into 10 different stores and see equipment and records. Yeah, yeah. So to be able to go into a store and look like, oh, you know, even if I don't need anything, like what mm. needles? Oh, man, you got new headphones. Oh, what's this? How does this work? You know, mm. that's where so much of you know, our musical dialogue used to come from yeah. in those in those record stores and in those equipment stores. So, you know, I always have to make my rounds, you know, there, you know, do a little bit of digging um, and just, you know, go see some people, go eat some food. You know, this London is kind of like a second home. You know, I, I think when you when you travel, when you get to a point that, you know, people in a particular place and you know how to get around in yeah. that particular place. There's yeah. a level of comfort. Yeah. Like it's it's the funny thing is when we're all on tour, we land in Hungary, everybody's in the hotel. I'll call you and well, hey, what you doing? And I'm sitting there chilling. Hey, what you doing? Yeah. When we land in London, everybody's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. kinda like, yo, as soon as I'm put my bags down and I'm gonna go up the street and I'm gonna get me something from Sus and Such and <laughs> yeah. we'll go to Byronburg, get a burger, and then I'm gonna, yeah. you know, jump on the tube and go down to Sus and Such. And then it's like, yeah, I'm gonna jump in the Uber and go see Sus you know. Yeah. So you, that's when you kinda know that you have a level of comfort. Um and that's that's basically, you know. So the next couple of days doing that, I'm finishing up a project um back home that I gotta touch up on some mixes. So, you know, at some point in time I go and sit in my room and and just listen and make sure everything is cool. But Wicked. that's it. Cool, man. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Oh, is it uh, Mamuna Yusuf? Was, oh, was, man. Yeah, yeah. you talk about projects. I was just thinking about yeah, fresh man. projects. I had to touch on that real quick. Yeah, that, whew, man. Um, yeah, that's a special one. That's that's a special one. We, um, I've, I've actually been on a group chat because we have had the, uh, we, we have had the issue that we want to kind of scale this to 12 songs and we got about 20. Mm. So this is when the process of where we have to move it and then knowing that, you know, some of these songs are more personal to her, you know, I always put, you know, that that in her hands. 
Um, and then, you know, it, it's from a DJ's perspective, I think the, the, the playlist and the way that it lays out, you kind of want it to flow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I juggled that around. I put it on my phone and I just go and listen to it. And then I move stuff around to see what feels better. Um, but we got an incredible project. Like she is, um, she has always been somebody that I looked at that was one of the best that I've ever heard that sings and raps. Um, and she wouldn't rap for a long time. And mm. I used to get angry like, yo, like you got something that other people can't do. You yeah. have to show it. And then it was kind of like, you know, she started she started doing a little bit. And then when she did the Tiny Desk thing with Common, it was that was it. Like people were just like, oh, my God. And I'm sitting there like, you. <laughs> that <laughs> I was I normal. Told you. Yeah, yeah, I told you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then I, I really wanted to give I, I've, I've always felt like she's never had the landscape to do the project that I felt she should do. Mm -hmm. So I was like, listen, well, I'm going to put together, you know, the team. You know, she's always worked on stuff that we've done. And I was kind of like, you know, okay, we did this, you know, two years ago with Glenn Lewis. I want to do it with you. So now that you know the process, you know, you tell me who you want. And we put together a team and took seven days and just recorded. And, like, she 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 did it. Like, this is, um, this is one of the first projects that I've heard that she's got very serious bars. Mm-hmm. She's got very serious songs. Mm -hmm. She's got house songs. Like she's got the full thing. Yeah. And it's and nothing is contrived. Nothing is forced. It's not like, oh man, you know, hey, we should do a it's like if it's not in you, then we don't we don't do it. Mm. It's a truly creative piece. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm ex I'm super excited about that. You know, we're trying to get this out in June. Um I'm mad because she's having kind of a early listening you know, party that, you know, Carvin <laughs> Hagen's one of the writers and Musina was one of the writers and Eric Roberson was one of the writers that they're all going. And I may just kind of chime in on the Skype chat a little yeah. bit later. Um, but yeah, I'm super, super excited about that. Super. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Well, thank you very much for joining us on How to Kill an Hour. Um, I just want to say I appreciate you coming down and you can put us on the list Anytime, of places you want to stop by when you're next in the UK. Yes. You're always welcome in the studio. Man. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you very much for joining us. Uh, like we always say, make sure you go to howtokillanhour.com forward slash news and get yourself on the mailing list. I've been Marcus Bronzy. I've been Funk Butcher. I am DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, thank you for killing some time with us. You can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then... Yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's, here's hoping we win. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.